The streets of Edinburgh lay empty. Shells of vehicles littered them. Bodies lay rotting and buildings empty. The cry and moans of the dead, distant and barely audible, for the first time in the year, the streets felt safe. The tower of the Camera Obscura watched over the Royal Mile like a protector, ensuring the dead were kept at bay. The castle sat in darkness, a silhouette against the red sky as the sun slowly started to rise. The sounds of birds tweeting filled the air for the first time in a long time, as small sparrows darted through the air, performing air gymnastics above the empty streets. Outside Murrayfield Stadium, the scene was totally different, as thousands of the dead clawed at the air, screaming to get into the building, as they clawed at the door, pounding and banging, their dead faces contorted in anger and hunger as they fought desperately to get inside. Suddenly, as if made of paper, the doors gave in against the torrent of rotting corpses and they flooded into the stadium, engulfing everything that moved. Some of the humans who were too slow to get away disappeared beneath the barrage. The stands of the stadium turned black as if thick slime was engulfing them, as the dead fell over the chairs and each other. The market stands and makeshift homes fell instantly, destroyed by the hungry monsters searching endlessly for their next meal. Then, like a blinking light in the middle of the dark, thunderous sea, they saw the group of survivors who was starting to run as they entered. Within seconds, the dead were on the field, grabbing people who were too slow to get away, few falling, the bullets that rained down from above not even making a dent in the numbers. Danny looked on in terror as the wall of dead charging towards her and her family. She turned quickly to see Abbott limping away towards the stand at the far end of the stadium and the remaining survivors running towards a doorway on the right. The sound of screaming, moaning and groaning filled her being as she fought with her mind to come up with an idea. The dead had reached them when Danny suddenly came up with an idea through the heartbroken pain and tears she spoke. We need to get up high, head towards the stairs, and up onto the upper levels. There must be viewing rooms or something. Don't these stadiums have that sort of thing? Aye, like a VIP box or something. Ah, uh, up there. We can get up there. This way. She swept Come up Cal and grabbed Pete, and the group ran towards the VIP box that Roach had pointed out. Roach was punching, headbutting, and stabbing any dead which approached. Julia was holding Jake in one arm and punching the dead with the other. Their actions were not enough to kill the dead, but at least knock them away. Eventually, they reached the double doors which Roach threw himself against, slamming his shoulder into them, bursting them open, and stumbling inside. He held the doors as the group staggered in, and he slammed them behind him, grabbing a sign and wedging it through the handles. The corridor was empty, cold and clinical. The white walls were covered in pictures of famous rugby players and bands that had performed at the stadium. The crowds of people in the pictures painting strikingly familiar scenes to what was outside. Pete fell against the wall, unable to stand, blood smearing on the wall as he struggled to walk. 
Danny fought against his dead weight to hold him up, as Cal clung to her legs, pulling and sobbing loudly. Danny tried shaking him off to focus all of her energy on Pete, but he clung on tightly. Julia noticed Danny struggling and prized Cal from her leg and led him away with Jake in the other arm. Suddenly the corridor was filled with bangs of the dead against the door. They started to move further along the corridor. Come on, wee man. Let's go get you a drink, shall we? Jake, you able to run yourself? I'm a big boy. I'm sure I'll survive. He's not going to make it, is he? Who? Pete? I don't think so. Not with a bite. He'll turn for sure. Shit. No, that, that sucks. I like him, you know. He's a good lad. Yeah. He's a good lad. <sighs> Look, Danny's going to need our help to get through this mess. So, I need you to step up. Oh, absolutely. I just want to get back, you know? <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, uh, <clears throat> I'll explain later. Explain what? Julia! Explain what? <laughs> Come on. Come on, you can make it. It's not the fault. <coughs> Danny, just stop. down the corridor. Stop. Listen, I'm not gonna survive this. And I need you to promise don't, me something. Don't you dare ask me. You have to promise me. When Pete. I turn, I don't want you to. No. Danny, <coughs> listen to me. I don't want that. To be on you. Let someone else. No. Let someone no else. No way. We're not talking about this. Come on. No, D- Danny. Please. Please. Fine. I promise. No. Come on. We have to move. Roach, Julia, Jake and Cal entered the VIP room, which was filled with a large table stretching the length of the room. Rotten food lay on top, from mouldy sausage rolls, bananas, apples and other buffet-style foods. Roach made his way to the large window which took up the entire wall, and he shook his head as he watched the waves of dead engulf every inch of the field below. Holy shit. Yeah. I echo that statement. Who the hell are we going to get out of this? No idea. She shouldn't have to go through this. It's not fair. We need to do something. We have to get her out of here. How though? There is no way out of this place. The dead are everywhere. We need to think of something. Suddenly, Danny burst into the room, carrying Pete in her arms, draped over her shoulder. He was all but unconscious, as Roach ran over and helped Danny lift him onto the table, knocking all the plates and food onto the floor and laying Pete down. His breathing was low and laboured. His skin had started to turn grey as sweat exuded out of every pore. His eyes had started to lose their colour and dark rings appeared under his eyes. The skin on his face had started to sag and his cheeks were sunken in. His lips had turned blue and cracked. He looked like a totally different person from the person Danny met a year ago. He was dying and it wouldn't be long before he came one of those things they'd been fighting for the past year and a half. Danny grabbed a chair from the corner and dragged it along the floor and sat down next to him holding his hand, her head resting on his stomach as she started to cry. Thoughts filled her mind. 
How was she going to do this without him? He was her protector, her everything. She never thought she would lose him, but now that became a reality, one that she could not avoid. A dark thought darted through her mind for a fleeting moment. It would be simple. She could just shoot Pete and then turn the gun on herself and this nightmare would be over. But then Cal's face filled her mind. His sweet, innocent face. She couldn't do that to him. She wasn't just losing the love of her life. He was losing his brother. And she had to think about that too. Then the image of her unborn child appeared through the fog of despair and it seemed to clear everything. She had to survive for them, for their baby, for their future. Suddenly those thoughts were shattered when the door burst open and a chilling voice filled the room, a voice which made Danny sick to her stomach. Abbott entered the room, bloodied and his clothes were dishevelled and torn. Following behind him was one of his guards, a large gash on his forehead and blood trickling down. He held a baseball bat with rusty nails hammered into it, covered in blood with chunks of flesh hanging from the nails. He too was covered in blood and his t-shirt was torn. <laughs> so this is where you're hiding. Uh, you know it won't be long before the dead work out they can get in here. So either way, you're fucked. Unless you've led them here like some twisted Pied Piper, then I think we are okay. I don't think you understand. Any of you. There is no way out of this. Your master plan of leading the dead here has backfired. You hoped the dead would kill me. Was that your plan? If you say so. Well, I'm going to have to ask you all kindly to piss off. This is my home, and I need you all to get out and try to survive out there, because... You are not welcome here. I should have slit your throat when I heard the chant. I beg your pardon. Did you say something, sweetheart? Danny jumped to her feet, pulling Pete's knife out of his belt, and went to lunge for Abbott. But Abbott was quicker and raised his gun, pointing it at Danny's face. The guard next to Abbott was ready to get in between the two of them. Danny thought better about going up against a gun but stood firm, gripping the handle of the knife tightly in her hand, waiting for the right opportunity. I said I should have slit your throat when I had the chance. But now you have your precious bodyguard in the way this time. Sit back down, little girl, before you get yourself hurt. <laughs> You've not changed at all. You bitter, horrible get- Danny, come on. Leave it. He speaks sense for once. Listen to the giant twat. Leave it, Danny. It won't go the way you want it to. Carry on, and Pete won't be the only boyfriend you lose today. What the fuck did you just say? You heard me. What? Are you going to have a go now? Roach, leave it. No, you know what? Add it up to here with this motherfucker. Yeah, let's fucking finish this. Roach lunged for Abbott, who was able to get out of the way, using his stick to hit Roach in the leg, causing him to stumble against the wall. 
The guard grabbed Roach's shoulders from behind, but Roach was stronger and broke free easily and brought his head back, cracking the guard's nose, and turned around, bringing the head forward twice into the guard's face, sending his body crumbling to the floor, letting out a battle cry as blood dripped down his forehead. The built-up anger of everything that had happened finally being released. He turned to Abbott, angered plastered on his face, and for the first time since meeting him, Roach saw fear on Abbott's face as this mountain of a man was coming for him, and he was angry. But before he could get the opportunity, Danny lunged behind Abbott and brought her blade to his throat, pushing it hard against his skin, his other hand on his greasy, sweaty head. The stench of body odour clung to her nostrils, which made her eyes water, but she fought through it and pushed harder. <laughs> Go on, Danny. Now's your chance. Finish it. Danny, don't. There is another way. It doesn't have to end like this. You don't understand, Julia. Do it, Danny. Fucking do it. Pete let out a garbled groan as he slowly started to stir the table. No one noticed. No, no, Julia's right. There is another way. Killing him will just make you as bad as him. Maybe we can you know, lock him in a room or something. Just... Just don't go down this road, Danny. After what he did to you? Nah, fuck that! Anger, pain, sadness and confusion filled her mind as she clung onto Abbott, fighting with the urge to open his throat where he stood. Stop it! Everyone, please, stop. Come on, Danny. You know you want to. You blame me for Pete. Then fucking do it! Shut up! Do it! Stop! Do it! As she grabbed the handle of the knife tightly and was about to slice, Pete lunged from the table, his dead fingers clawing at the air, his face contorted and twisted, almost unrecognisable, grabbing for Danny. She panicked, pushing the old man into Pete, who grabbed with two hands, plunging his teeth into Abbott's cheek, tearing away at the flesh. Blood burst out of his face as the room was filled with the pained screams from Abbott, his worst fears once again playing out for him. Only this time, there was no coming back from it. Pete flung his head back, swallowing the chunk of meat that was in his mouth, and plunged his teeth into the neck of a screaming and crying Abbott, tearing into his jugular, swallowing down the warm blood that burst out, pushing Abbott to the ground, and he continued to feast as the screams of Abbott slowly subsided, taking over by the deep, guttural growls of a feeding Pete. Danny collapsed against the wall, trying to make herself as small as possible, as she watched on in horror at her lover eating and chomping into their enemy like an all-you-can-eat steak dinner. Through the waterfall of tears, she could see a large looming figure come closer, and he stood over the feed and looked at Danny. She nodded as Roach picked up Abbott's gun, raised it and pointed it at Pete's head, and the feeding stopped. For a brief moment, with his finger resting on the trigger, itching to pull it, Roach watched as Pete turned his head. His face turned crimson, chunks stuck to his chin. He growled a low, sorrowful growl, as if, as if he knew what was coming, and he was saying, it's okay, do it. I'm so sorry, brother. I love you. 
Roach pulled the trigger and the bullet burst out of the gun and tore through Pete's head and out the other side, embedding itself into Abbott's torso. Pete slumped to the ground, lifeless and still, finally at peace. Danny let out a high-pitched scream which filled the room, breaking the hearts of everyone that was there. Roach stared on in shock, still pointing the gun, tears tumbling down his cheeks, unable to move. Julia, who was next to Jake, threw her arms around him and held him tightly, and Jake returned the hug, holding on to Julia as she let out a silent sob. Cal stepped out from between Julia and Jake and slowly walked around the table. His hands were shaking. He ran his fingers along the table and stopped as he gazed upon the lifeless body of Pete. He didn't move didn't say a word, just stared. Danny looked up at their little brother and gestured for him to come to her, but he didn't move. Instead, he walked over to Roach, raised his hands and pulled his arm down and took the gun from his hand and Roach allowed him and dropped it to the ground. He then threw his arms around Roach and held him tightly. After a few seconds, he let go of Roach and walked over to Danny who had been watching him this whole time and stroked the hair off her face, sat down next to her and cuddled in, curling up tightly. Several hours passed since Pete returned and no one had said a word. Roach had eventually moved to the window and was watching the dead down below who had now started to leave the stadium, leaving only a few more shambling around. Jake and Julia sat down on the floor against the wall. Danny was sitting cuddling Cal, who had now fallen asleep. Eventually, the silence was broken. Looks like they're moving on. Got their fill. We can give it a few more hours and we'll head down and pick off any stragglers. And what? I mean, do we head back to Mary Kings? We can't. Rose banished us. Sorry, what? She's banished us? What is this? Medieval times? She's banished us from the village? That's true. So, so what? Then we can't go back. So what? Where? Where do we go? We stay here. Sorry? We stay here. If Abbott can make something out of it, then so can we. Danny, we can't. There's nothing left. They... They destroyed everything. So we rebuild. We make it stronger. I mean... I suppose we could. We've nowhere else to go. It's just us. Five of us can't start a community. No. Uh, But I heard Albert tell his guards to send the people to the tunnels. We let them out. We work with them to rebuild. We then remake the community. It'll work. Jake, you and Julia go to the tunnels. Get the people out. Explain the situation. Roach, I need you to help me with something. Yes, boss. <laughs> You're such a kiss arse. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just being polite. Oh, shut up. Come on. More hours had passed and things had started to be put into motion. By late afternoon, Julia and Jake had gone down to the pitch and dispatched any scabbies that were left. They managed to create a haphazard barricade to place against the door 
and had gotten people out of the tunnels and explained the situation, things slowly started. Meanwhile, Roach and Danny had started to dig a hole in the pitch next to a large shipping container. Only one hole. They had discussed burying Abbott as well, but eventually decided not to. Once the hole was finished, Roach lowered Pete's lifeless body into it and started to cover it with soil, filling it to the top. They had crafted a makeshift gravestone out of two planks of wood to make a cross and carved Pete's name into it. As the sun had set and the rain began to fall over Edinburgh, Roach left Danny and went to help Julia and Jake with some reparations. Danny stood alone, looking over Pete's grave as rain fell down around her. For a moment, she couldn't speak. The words would not come, no matter how hard she tried. And then she spoke. Pete. Pete. I don't even have the words. Which is unusual for me. I'm rarely lost for words. You, you know. What? What am I... What am I going to do without you? You... You... You are everything to me. My best friend. My lover. My hero. My whole universe. You saved my life more than once. You saved Cal's life for that. And that I will be eternally grateful. But how am I supposed to do this? You left now. How am I supposed to bring a child? into the world without you. <laughs> you was... You were supposed to be it. How am I supposed to do this without you, Pete? I love you. I love you so much. And I... I will never forget you. I promise. Sleep well. Before she noticed, Cal appeared beside her taking her hand tightly, and they both looked at the grave together. Soon, Cal spoke. It's okay, buddy. Buddy. I know it's hard. It's okay, Danny. He's looking after Mummy and Daddy and Auntie Olivia now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. (coughs) Yeah, he is, buddy. 
may are always watching over us, keeping us safe, making sure we're doing okay. Love you, Pete. Thank you for being an amazing brother. I'll miss you, oh, and so will Danny. Cow, he loved you so much. God, so much. Come on. You have to be brave, Cow. Because you're going to be an uncle. And you're going to be the best uncle anyone could ask for. Danny and Cal walked towards the shipping container as the sun dipped down below the dead city, plunging it into darkness. The Fallen, an Eerie Earth production. Written, directed and edited by Kieran Begg. Starring Saxon Davids as Pete Kirkman. Megan Chase as Danny Cunningham. Andrew Lodge as Roach. Beth Eltringham as Julia. Dorian Todd as Jake. Imogen Dymot as Cal. Rick Oldroyd as Abbott. Music by Peter Wyshynski and the Fallen Theme by Ross Budgens. Thank you very much for listening to this season of The Fallen. For more information, head over to eerieearth.com. And as always, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye for now.